This episode of the Alchemist Pop Podcast is brought to you by STEM Cultivation. STEM Cultivation was founded in 2017 to create affordable, next-generation hydroponic vertical farming solutions for commercial growers. The problem that they solve sits at the intersection of yield costs, consistency, and predictability that help contribute to the volatility in price and supply that is seen across the industry. They add value to their clients in four ways. One, reduce cultivator startup and ongoing operating expenses. Two, increase yield efficiency as measured by spatial, weight, and energy ratios. Three, maintain optimized grow environments at scale. And four, allow growers at any size, experience, or license limitation, for example, plant count, canopy size, or etc., to thrive in competitive markets. As markets mature and wholesale cannabis prices drop, the cost of production can become an existential threat to growers. STEM Cultivation's answer is the STEM Box, a modular pop-up grow space purpose-built to produce large, clean, and consistent yields with the lowest total cost of ownership compared to traditional indoor growing. Their platform exploits what is considered true vertical hydroponic farming and combines energy-efficient, or LED lighting, best-of-breed HVAC, and precision environmental controls to create an isolated, self-contained, and reliable cultivation platform. Check them out at www.stemcultivation.com and tell them the alchemist sent you. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the season premiere of our second season. We've restructured how we are doing things a bit, and now we'll be releasing a new weekly segment called Your Week in Weed, showcasing a roundup of the latest news surrounding New York cannabis. This will be posted every Tuesday evening at 7 p.m. Our interview segments will also continue as bonus episodes, so make sure you hit that subscribe button to automatically download new episodes, and make sure you catch every new interview as they are released. It's been a crazy few weeks in the world of New York cannabis. This past Wednesday, activists from around the state gathered at the Capitol building in Albany for one last push to get recreational cannabis legalized in this year's budget. Many of the activists came from groups such as Rock Normal, Smart Start New York, and the Drug Policy Alliance. There were even some lobbyists from the medical marijuana industry there to show their support in getting this bill passed through the budget. Rock Normal even had the backing of Rochester, New York City Council, who wrote to Cuomo showing their support for recreational marijuana legalization with a focus on restorative justice. Unfortunately, as many of us already know, this bill for recreational cannabis was not passed in the budget. Cementing in the failed promise of Governor Cuomo to legalize marijuana in his first hundred days of the new year. So what happened? It wasn't that long ago that we all believed that legalization was pretty much a done deal. It seems like there were a few factors that played heavily in this decision. First and foremost, there seemed to be a lot of opposition from lawmakers in the state who wanted some clearer language and focus on restorative justice to the communities that were most harmed by cannabis prohibition, such as people of color, women-owned businesses, and small farmers that have been devastated by the recent trade wars and tariffs. Many advocates believe the bill didn't do enough to address questions of diversity, equity, or how to appropriately allocate tax revenue that would be made from recreational sales. Cuomo also received a lot of pushback from anti-legalization groups such as the PTA and local and state police groups. It was also recently published in the New York Times that New York's medical marijuana companies seem to be trying to get legislation written in their favor. It was shown that over $150,000 was donated to Governor Cuomo by companies such as MedMen and Columbia Care since January of 2017. MedMen CEO Andrew Modlin donated $25,000 to Cuomo the day before the company opened a dispensary on Fifth Avenue. 
The Men Men Opportunity Fund gave $65,000, a so-called LLC loophole donation. Cuomo also collected $25,000 from the CEO of dispensary operator Columbia Care, Nicholas Vita, in January 2017, among $26,500 in total donations from Columbia Care and its affiliates. Lobbyists from Greenberg Turig, which has a $10,000 a month contract with marijuana company Acreage Holdings, gave $28,000 to Cuomo's pockets. This should really come as no surprise, especially after Columbia Care released an email blast to his newsletter subscribers this past week filled with propaganda and fear-mongering surrounding cannabis legalization. They discussed how legalization could, quote, have devastating impacts on the ability of the medical cannabis program to survive and your ability to access this life-changing treatment alternative. And prices for medical cannabis will become too expensive for our patients, and many providers will have to shut their doors. Patients will lose access to licensed pharmacists and nearby dispensaries. What's interesting I find about this statement is Columbia Care's own personal experience completely contradicts this statement. Patriot Care, which is one of Columbia Care's top dispensaries in Massachusetts, a legalized state, has prices that are very fair and much, much lower than anything we've ever seen in New York. It's also one of the top rated dispensaries operating in Massachusetts. So again, this purely contradicts the devastating impacts they claim legalization causes in their letter. I've reached out to Columbia Care for a comment on this matter, but as the time of this recording, I have not yet received a reply. With legalization now out of the budget, and a medical program that seems determined to maintain their monopoly over legal cannabis, where exactly does this leave New York medical patients? Many of us were expecting some much-needed changes to the New York State Medical Marijuana Program that was outlined in Governor Cuomo's budget proposal. Medical patients would have been allowed to grow up to four plants or a maximum of eight per household. The lowest New York medical marijuana prices being double the street price in most cases, or around $80 to $90 for a half gram of cannabis oil? With a complete lack of availability of full-spectrum products or flour, this was desperately needed in order for patients to finally gain reliable and affordable medication. With the removal of this bill from the budget, over 10,000 registered New York marijuana patients will continue to suffer while New York lawmakers focus on recreational users and the money that can be made off of them. Many pro-legalization advocates also seem to have left medical patients in the background while focusing on a new recreational market. While I 100% support a bill that focuses on diversity and restorative justice, my question is, why weren't the medical portions of this bill separated and passed on their own? Why are medical patients suffering because lawmakers can't decide how to spend the money made from the recreational market? It seems New York lawmakers and even some activists still believe in the old way of thought that recreational marijuana and medical marijuana are one and the same. While those of us suffering without access know how false that belief truly is, it may be up to medical cardholders to organize and lobby and get these much-needed changes to the medical programs themselves. This past week, the Drug Policy Alliance played an April Fool's joke on the elitist population of New York. In an effort to showcase the moneyed, exclusive marijuana market that develops when cannabis is legalized without a focus on social equity, the DPA created a members-only cannabis club called Country Club Cannabis. Members would pay for special access to different services. For example, spa access for basic membership and access to legal counsel for premium members. That is, as long as you adhere to a dress code that prohibits members from wearing sneakers or having visible tattoos. 
A mission statement on the website states Country Club Cannabis was created with traditional values in mind. Join us in a celebration of our heritage to ensure an elevated clean experience. We are founded on the belief that you should have a space where your reputation and influence can be recognized among others who share your values. Some other requirements for membership where you are not allowed to have a criminal record, you cannot have poor credit, you had to have at least three character references, you needed a proof of a college degree, and proof of a U.S. citizenship. They even had a fake storefront in Manhattan. Cassandra Federique, DPA's New York State Director, sent out a press release stating that legalization creates opportunities for places like Country Club Cannabis to exist, but the framework of legalization in New York State should not reinforce a culture of exclusion and othering. A legalization model that creates exclusive space like CCC but does not reinvest in communities, does not create space for other people to participate meaningfully in the market, and does not clear records should not be the legalization framework here in New York State. So with legalization out of the budget, what's next for New York? Is there still hope? There is. Activists are already pushing new legislation through the New York State Legislature as we speak. While this new bill has much more defined language surrounding diversity and equity, I do not believe there is any specific language in this bill concerning medical marijuana. However, I have not gotten a chance to get this bill in my hand, and I have not read it from start to finish, so I could be wrong on that point. Governor Cuomo displayed a show of confidence when he commented that he believes that legalization will still happen by the end of the legislative year. However, I think it's important to note that many other lawmakers do not share the same optimism. They're not sure that recreational marijuana will get passed this year, or in fact, for many years. State Senator Diane Sorvino was quoted as saying, We have a lot of members who represent conservative areas who don't think that they can vote for a freestanding bill to legalize marijuana. If it's not in the budget, we can't pass it this year. If we can't pass it in the off-election year, we can't pass it in election year. So while that doesn't necessarily sound promising, there are options, and local activists show no signs that they plan to stop fighting. If you yourself are asking right now, what can I do to help? Keep reaching out to your local lawmakers showing support for marijuana legalization in New York. If you're not sure how to contact your local lawmaker, head over to www.normal.org, that's www.norml.org, for a complete list of local representatives and how you can contact them. Let's take a quick word from our sponsors. This episode of the Alchemist Pop Podcast is brought to you by STEM Cultivation. STEM Cultivation was founded in 2017 to create affordable, next-generation hydroponic vertical farming solutions for commercial growers. The problem that they solve sits at the intersection of yield costs, consistency, and predictability that help contribute to the volatility in price and supply that is seen across the industry. They add value to their clients in four ways. One, reduce cultivator startup and ongoing upgrading expenses. Two, increase yield efficiency as measured by spatial, weight, and energy ratios. Three, maintain optimized grow environments at scale. And four, allow growers at any size, experience, or license limitation, for example, plant count, canopy size, or etc., to thrive in competitive markets. As markets mature and wholesale cannabis prices drop, the cost of production can become an existential threat to growers. STEM Cultivation's answer is the STEM Box, a modular pop-up grow space purpose-built to produce large, clean, and consistent yields with the lowest total cost of ownership compared to traditional indoor growing. Their platform exploits what is considered true vertical hydroponic farming and combines energy-efficient, or LED lighting, best-of-breed HVAC, 
and precision environmental controls to create an isolated, self-contained, and reliable cultivation platform. Check them out at www.stemcultivation.com and tell them The Alchemist sent you. This episode is also brought to you by Audio Alchemist Studios. Thinking of starting your own podcast? Call or email Audio Alchemist Studios today to get your podcast on the air. We offer professional recording services, pre- and post-production services, custom original music compositions, and we'll even distribute your podcast across all major platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Podcasts, and iHeartRadio. For more information, email us at aastudiosfl at gmail.com. In other news, CBD continues to stay in New York headlines since the Farm Bill has been passed. This past month, the U.S. Hemp Authority awarded 13 CBD companies with a high-quality seal. The goal here is to, quote, standardize quality control and build a safer hemp industry from seed to shelf, according to a press release from the U.S. Hemp Authority. The following companies received the seal. CV Sciences from San Diego, California. Hemp Meds from San Diego. Medterra CBD from Irvine, California, Balanced Health Botanicals from Louisville, Colorado, HD Distribution from Louisville, Colorado, Bluebird Botanicals also from Louisville, Charlotte's Web from Boulder, Colorado, Medican from Miramar, Florida, Gencana from Winchester, Kentucky, Nature's Hemp Oil from Lexington, Kentucky, Hemp Works from Las Vegas, and Barleans from Ferndale, Washington. Marielle Wintraub, PhD, president of the U.S. Hemp Authority, says consumers need to be able to tell who the good guys are and who's doing their best to make sure their products are safe. The U.S. Hemp Authority will further advise brands on using the seal on their products, packaging, and other marketing materials. This past Thursday, the FDA Commissioner, Scott Gutlub, was pressed to further clarify the FDA's plan to regulate hemp-derived CBD products. In his statements, he claimed that we're using enforcement discretion right now. I will take enforcement action against CBD products that are on the market if manufacturers are making what I consider over-the-line claims. So what exactly does the commissioner consider an over-the-line claim? He specified that people who are marketing CBD and claiming that it can cure cancer or prevent Alzheimer's disease will be subject to enforcement action, because that can mislead a patient if foregoing otherwise effective therapies. The commissioner also commented that unless Congress passes a law specifically targeting CBD, it could take years for the FDA to enact proper CBD regulation. He said there is a precedent for Congress legislating in the context of a single ingredient. You could, for example, contemplate a scheme where Congress gave FDA authority to contemplate CBD as a food ingredient at certain concentrations and potency and purity, then have it exist separately as a drug product at a different concentration, a different potency, and a different purity. Fish oil, for example, exists in that exact same way in the marketplace. But fish oil, we didn't need to come up with a legislative option for it because it was already in the food supply. CBD, however, is not. With CBD popping up everywhere, including places like Walgreens and CVS, I expect we will see Congress moving on the issue in the near future. This type of clarification on what makes a food ingredient and what constitutes as a drug may be what New York finally needs to end its problems with CBD products being banned as an ingredient in restaurants, cafes, and other establishments.
It looks like Long Island is getting another new dispensary this week. Acreage Holdings and Company, a Manhattan-based cannabis operator with a presence in 19 different states, opened its new location on 2365 Broad Hollow Road, making it the fourth such dispensary owned by Acreage Holdings in New York State. The new dispensary, called The Botanist, will sell a selection of the best cannabis products available across every category that New York State regulations allow, including vape cartridges, tinctures, capsules, and more, the company said in a new statement. Long Island's three other medical marijuana dispensaries are in Riverhead, Lake Success, and most recently in Carlisle Place. Two more are expected to open up on the island, one in Nassau County and the other in Suffolk within the next year. Well, that concludes another episode of the Alchemist Pop Podcast. We want to send a special thank you to our sponsor, Stem Cultivation, for helping us keep the podcast up and running. Please head over to www.stemcultivation.com and check them out today. Thank you so much for listening. Keep fighting New York and stay lifted. I'll see you all next week.